Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome back. Still in Do For One. Do For One. Oh my goodness. Part three. We're halfway halfway home. The title, topic of the sermon today, message, the message is the inconvenient, the inconvenient. Have you ever been inconvenienced? Inconvenienced. Like one of the most inconvenient things for me is when uh, somebody leaves a shopping cart in a parking space and I'm like all excited to get into that space and then, ah, not there. You're like, that's not really that big a deal, Dusty. You're right. It's not. (laughs) It's not. What are the inconveniences that you face on a daily basis that just drive you nuts? Ever been inconvenienced? If you've been inconvenienced, you know what I'm talking about. What about in Christianity? What, what is it about uh, our faith and in our faith that really inconveniences us? Are we trying to build a faith? Are we trying to, trying to be followers who only do what's easy and what's comfortable? Or are we willing to do what's inconvenient? You know, when you come to Christ, you're given a new nature. This is Colossians chapter 3 is what it says. But just because you're given a new nature doesn't mean that you won't experience inconveniences. They're going to happen, right? And so then what that really comes down to is what we find in Galatians 6, 8. It says the one, we're still talking about the one, the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh, ruin, will reap from the flesh, ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. And so what I'm saying is it's hard to please God. What's Galatians 6, 8 saying? It's hard to please God and to please yourself. Hard to follow God and follow yourself. It's a battle of wills. Your will versus His will. Am I seeking God's will in my life, for my life here on earth? Am I seeking my will? Is it His way or is it my way? And to be honest with you, it's inconvenient when we start shifting from our way to His will. And so then Matthew 6 teaches us to pray, Lord, your will be done in my life, your will. And so then, as is in heaven, but we like to add this, right? Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on, in my life, on earth, as is in heaven, as long as it is blank. And, and we add that as long as it is blank because we don't like to experience inconvenience. We don't like discomfort. And this really makes us go, okay, where's my salvation in these moments? When it comes to the moment of being inconvenienced, when it comes to the moment of the truth being presented in a way that challenges me, and it's going to force me to either let the gospel change my life, to challenge me, to change me so I can move forward in my faith. When it comes to these moments, where are you? Where are you? When you think about it, it depends on the depth of your relationship with God. What is the level of your spiritual maturity, right? So then are you rooted or are you in routine? That's the big question. Am I rooted or am I in routine? Because to be saved, right, to call on Jesus, to accept or receive Jesus, to be saved happens in a moment. It's one moment. And so then it's the moment of salvation is just as easy and it's just as simple as the flip of a switch. And so... That is totally different than the process of being saved. Being saved is a process. It's being conformed in His image. It happens daily through relationship with Him. It's not a ritual. 
Uh, it's not a religion. It's not a routine. It's simply your relationship with God. And so then you see this in 2 Corinthians 3.18, being transformed in the same image of the, uh, from one degree of glory to another. Romans 8.29, for those who he knew beforehand, he also chose to be conformed to his image. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, to the sinful nature that's all around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that that testing of your faith that you may discern what is the will of God for your life, what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God for your life, God's will for your life, God's perfect will for your life, not our way, right? And sometimes we see it like, ah, that's, that's too much for me. And so then you're saved. You're saved in a moment, but the process is learning. It's learning to listen to his voice. We're going to learn every day. We never stop learning here. You guys have known that's been a value of mine for a long time. And so then, because when it comes to your Savior, when it comes to salvation, making that decision, making Jesus the Lord of your life, you're now, you're now stepping into, I'm going to listen to His voice. And when you say, it's no longer my will, Lord, but your will, that's when you're really making the choice or the decision to be more personal. It's a final stamp, right? That's why there's a big, there's a big difference in being saved, praying the believer's prayer and accepting, starting a relationship with God and then being baptized. Being baptized is like, all right, I'm, I'm firm in my faith. I know what I believe. I know who God's called me to be, and I'm ready to live on mission. I'm ready to, I'm ready to die to myself. I'm ready to say goodbye to myself and, and be raised to life in Christ again. And so when you choose to follow him, you're choosing not to follow you. When you choose to follow him, you're choosing not to follow your friends, right? It's understanding that Colossians 3.10 is a daily decision, not a moment in time. It's a daily decision, not a moment in time. Colossians 3.10 says you put on the new self, the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Why? Because the voice you listen to is the Lord of your life. The voice that you listen to is the Lord of your life. Not the moment you had. The moment you had is not the Lord of your life. Well, I remember that. No, it's not that. It's not that at all. So then who you follow is who you become. Who you follow is who you become. And so the wrestling match that we have is like, well, on this day, I like to be with these people. I like to hang out there. But on Sundays, I hang out with Jesus for an hour. And we think that that one hour on Sunday is enough for the other 167 hours in the week. And it's not. The term, the term for who you follow is who you become when, in relationship to Jesus is disciple. Right? This is a follower of Jesus. And the reality is this. If you want to get out of the rut that you're in, you need to find some new friends. You need to follow some new people. Otherwise, they're just going to keep dragging you through what they do and where they are and, and what happens there. If you've ever seen the movie Happy Gilmore, it's not a church movie by any means. Um, it's comedy, it's golf. And he has a girlfriend in the beginning who dumps him. And she essentially says, you're going nowhere, Happy, and you're taking me with you. And a lot of us have friends like that. They're going nowhere and they're taking us with us, taking, them with, taking us with them. And so we have to make that hard decision. It's got to be a hard cut, man. Man, you don't desire, you don't have the drive or the passion. You don't hold yourself to the standard. You don't have the same expectation. You don't live your life. You don't value the things that I value. And really, you're an anchor to me. And you're keeping me from walking in and being who God's called me to be. All because I continue to let you come around, right? And so then you're three parts whole, meaning you have to live balanced spiritually, emotionally, physically. And, and inside of your emotion is that, is that mental, the mental aspect, right? And so here's the balance of me. I constantly have to balance being a bulldozer, 
telling everybody, get the heck out of the way. I got it. I'll do it. I'll figure it out. I can get it done. And being a pastor, slowing way down, listening to people, loving people, regardless of where they are. Because in, with what I do, people are the absolute best part and they're the absolute worst part. It's so good. It's such a fine line. And so I have to be willing to have conversations after church for 10 to 15 minutes with knuckleheads who want to talk about hot topic issues and rip the Bible to shreds. And I also have to be willing to listen to the, to the person who just lost their father. And then I also have to be listened to uh, the couple who, um, whose marriage is falling apart. I've been in the middle of, of a lot of deep, hard, tough conversations. And so the battle is dealing with those who want to attack the church and those who really need Jesus. And me, the bulldozer side of me says, hey, Jesus said this. Do you believe this? Yes or no? No? That's where you need to start. Get back with me next week. I could do that, or I could actually sit and listen and apply what God's done for me and in my life and me and Heather's marriage and how we've raised our kids to this point and, and help apply that to them, right? Otherwise, I just make, make an excuse, go, and I fall right back into process and, and I can, a lot, a lot harder now to do that than, than back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But man, I could fall into process and do process and hit checklists and marks and, and goals and all that stuff. And it was great, but, but I missed people on the way. I was just bold, whatever I had to do to get from here to there, whatever's in my path, you better look out because I'm coming. And so that's the balance I have to have. And I think the reality for me is what I realize is growth with Christ, growth in your relationship with God, is measured with a calendar, not a clock. What? Yeah. So then in 2022, we want to go fast. We want to get it all done. We want to hop in the bulldozer and plow our way through and, and pave the way and, and make it and put set the corner post structure. Let's go. We want to do that. And we go, you got two weeks. And your, your relationship, that moment, that moment in time when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, when you call him Savior, that moment is huge but it's just a starting point to a journey. It's a journey, right? And so then growth is measured by, uh, or with a calendar, not with a clock. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a journey, not a track, right? And so many people have got stuck on the track and they just keep making circles and they've, they've worn a hole in the track because they go so hard and so fast around that and they're not getting any results. Matter of fact, their pace hasn't changed. Now the results haven't changed. It's, it, it looks the same now as it did right? And so they run that race and they keep running that track, circle, 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 circle. And at some point they go, wait a second, this stinks. Let me out. Open the gate. Excuse me. Let me through. I'm done. I'm tired. I've had enough. I'm finished. I'm finished. Why? One, maybe their heart was in at the beginning, but you can only run that routine. You don't do that th same thing so long if you're like, this isn't making a lick, lick of difference. And your heart disconnects from it and you lose it and you walk away. You walk away and a lot of people never come back. This is the difference between relationship and routine. Journey and the track, right? It's not a racetrack. It's a path. Everybody's path is different. It's really the difference between going and doing. Because why? The voice that you listen to is the voice that leads you. The voice that you listen to is the one that leads you. Examples, depending on where you are in life. If you're, if you're a student athlete, your coach probably has a lot of influence on you if, if you play sports. If not, it's your band director, it's, it's your art teacher, it's, it's, it's coaches, teachers, you know, depending on where you're at, your parents, 
right? And then as you, as you graduate from your parents, we start becoming your own person. You get into your later teenage years. What happens? Your friends start overtaking. You listen a lot to your friends. And then it's coworkers. And then after coworkers, you find something you don't like with them either, right? And ultimately, it's my voice. What's my opinion? What do I say? And then you get married, and now you have another voice, and, and there's, there can be conflict there if it's not healthy, right? And the reality is, is, uh, is, is the, the best thing that we can listen to is God's voice. Well, I can't hear God's voice, Dusty. Here's the good thing. He wrote it down for you. He wrote the whole thing down for you. So even if you can't hear or you don't remember, he wrote it down. It's in the Bible. So then the inconvenience that I'm talking about is a daily decision to seek God's will for our life, right? It's the ultimate inconvenience because sometimes we don't have time. You make time for what's important to you. So then when it comes to us, what's our part? We're talking about doing for one and the inconvenient. What is the ultimate will for God? The ultimate will of God for everybody is to hear the name of Jesus, that everybody would say, Jesus Christ is Lord, that God created me, Jesus saved me, the Holy Spirit is who lives inside of me, gives me the power, the authority to walk, right? Where do we see this in the Bible? Where do we see this in the Bible? Matthew chapter four, this is Jesus entering his, his full-time ministry and he enters alone. And the first thing he realizes he has to do is I have to build a team. I have to build a team. And so he builds a team. He calls them uh, apostles, prophets, disciples, and these are those who would follow him. It's the same here at the Grove. We're building a team. We're building a team and we're building a team of people to lead others to follow Jesus. Now that sometimes stinks when we're not willing to get outside of our circle. And so what you need to know is Jesus had two types of followers. Okay. There were the 12, the original 12. Those, those were chosen men. Okay. The apostles who Jesus chose to represent him. Now, just because he chose them to represent him doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean that they didn't have a part. They still had to choose and they still had to follow. They still had to represent. And then the second type of follower were the thousands of disciples that saw the way that he lived. They saw the example that he led. They, they saw what he patterned his life, how he patterned his life, who he patterned his life after, and they followed that. And today there are millions, there are millions of disciples. Now, We've talked a lot about the first church in the last 12 weeks. Today, I want to look at the first disciples. We're talking about the inconvenient, the inconvenient thing about following, being a believer. And so Matthew 4, 18 through 22, I'm just going to read this. Hang with me if you're taking notes, you're highlighting. There we go. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, leave your nets, follow me as my disciples, accepting me and letting me be your guide, walking the same path of life that I have walked, the same path of life, the journey. I want you to be on a journey after me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20 says, immediately, like immediately, they left their nets and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. And going on further from there, he noticed the two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending the nets. And he called them to follow him as his disciples. Verse 22, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his examples. What does it mean to be a disciple, to follow Jesus? Believing and trusting in him and following his example. That is is inconvenient when we battle our flesh, right? Now, these men had never met Jesus before. They've never seen him before. And the first thing he says to them is what? 
Follow me. When Jesus calls you, you know it. You know that you know that you know. And you can hit ignore and you can create excuse and you can try to, try to pretend like it didn't happen. But it's easier to follow your call than it is to follow yourself. When Jesus calls you, you know it. To follow Jesus means one thing, though. To follow him means you have to leave something. And that's really the anchor of inconvenient. And the truth is not everybody is ready to follow him because they're so tied to what they're used to. Convenience. That they aren't willing to do the inconvenient because they like the familiarity of what they have. Verse 2 says they immediately left their nets obey. Boom. God says, we, we go, we go. Now, now I have friends who are like, Hey, yeah, man, when I'm ready, I'll, you know, I'll, here's the thing. Were you ready to have kids? Were you ready to get married? Were you ready to change jobs? Were you ready for that house payment? Were you ready? No, you weren't, you know, and you're never ready. And the, and, and the entire time that you're letting your flesh control, right? That your physical self go, I'll let you know when I'm ready. God's knocking, right? He's knocking. And the reality is this, delayed obedience, if you have kids, you know this, delayed obedience is still disobedience. When did I say to come? Right now. I didn't say come in 20 minutes. I didn't say get over here then. I said right now, right? And so then, when he called, they immediately responded. How many verses are between God's call to them and their response to go? Zero. It says they immediately went. Now, how many excuses are reasons or like how many times we hit the ignore button, right? Spam, right? How many times we hit the ignore button on God's call to our response? How many verses would there be between his call to you and your response to him? You're the only answer for the people who are close to you. It's you. It's who God's looking to. You're the only answer for the people in this city to find Jesus. It's you. People all over. People inside your house. People at your work. People in your community. People at the functions. People at the school. That you walk by and you have these, you know, real nice, convenient acquaintances with. You're their only hope. You're the only Jesus that they ever see. That's just where we are in the world. Immediately they followed. What does that mean? It means they were good enough right as they were. It wasn't like, wait a second, Jesus, let me get my house. Let me get everything in order back over here. You don't know who I am or what I've done or where I've been. You know the crowd I hang out with, what I did last night, what I did last summer, you know. No, it says what? Immediately. They were good enough where they were. They didn't, there wasn't an excuse to say, well, God, can ne- you can never use me, Lord. I'm just a fisherman. You know, I'm just trying to mend a net over here. Could you give me a break? Right? They agreed. Yeah, this, is, this guy's the real deal. I'm in. Like, I want, I want some of that. Whatever he's cooking, I want to eat at his house tonight. Right? God said, don't just follow me to sit in a room, though. God didn't call you to follow him to sit in a room, to sit and watch. This is great fuel for our fire, right? He said, follow me to find people. Follow me so we can find people. And our idea of church is, is a little bit jaded today. What am I going to wear today? And I look good today. Right? Where am I sitting? Who am I sitting by? Man, my seat... Better be available this week like it was last week. 
better be there. Hope nobody's in my seat, right? I'm going to go listen. They're going to worship so we can hang back, right? It's going to be a sermon. That's the idea that we have of church. That's the idea we have of church, but that's not really what it's about, right? Leaving everything you know is inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. It's hard to do. Coming to church is not. It's actually really comfortable, right? Going into all the world and making disciples is what we're called to do. We're called to fish for men. That's mankind, right? That's the human race. I love the fishing analogy. If you think about the fishing analogy, it's way deeper than we give it credit for. There are 32,000 species of fish. That's a lot. How, how, how much is that? That's not how many fish there are. That's how many different species there are. That's greater than everything else that lives on the earth. Mammals, reptiles, birds, you name it. 32,000. Fish are the most diverse. There are 32,000 different types of species, and all of them are different, right? And the type of habitat is determined, determines the type of fish, right? Lakes, streams, oceans. Are they shallow fish? Are they by the shore? Are they in the deep? Are they far out? Are they salt water? Are they fresh water? Is it cold? Is it warm? Do they need the sun? Do they need to be in complete darkness, right? So then when you hear fish, when you hear, when you hear I'm going to teach you how to fish for men, what it means is that fish equals 32,000 species, different types. Then you decide where, then you decide type, then you decide when, and you decide strategy, which leads to what rod, what reel, what bait, right? And ultimately, now? Now? Well, I can't go now. I'm busy. I'm actually talking to a camera and I can't go now, right? What did Jesus mean when he said, I will make you fishers of men? This is it. We all know how to be fishers of fish. We all know how to be fishers of fish. So why did he tell us this? To be fishers of men means to fish for people like we fish for fish. There isn't one strategy. It's not a one size fits all. There's not a one way to do it. One, bait, one type of bait doesn't catch every person, right? To catch a certain type of fish, you, know to, you have to know that fish, right? So you can get the appropriate bait, so you can go at the appropriate time, in the appropriate season, to fish at the appropriate depth, right? With the appropriate pull, rod and reel, with the appropriate line, so you can catch the appropriate fish. You can catch the fish that you're fishing for. I don't know if you've ever been fishing. When I go fishing, I like to go fishing for this fish. So when I'm fishing and I get one, I mean, you think, yeah, got it. It never fails. You pull out, what, a perch? You pull out anything but what you're fishing for, right? And it seems like one out of every three is not the fish you're fishing for, right? But you go with the intention of, I am bass fishing today. I am stream fishing today. I am fishing for trout today, right? It didn't take me very long to learn that I cannot fish for trout with an actual rod and reel I have to have a fly rod. I have to be, I have to fly fish. So I have to learn how to fly fish. So then we take the time to learn how to fish so we can go catch what we want to, what we want to catch, right? So then if we're going to do that, if we're going to do that, we need to understand that, 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 that that's what Jesus is saying. We're saying, I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. Sadly, how fishing for men works today is how we, how we experience in the modern church, right? 
Most fishing's done on Sundays. It's done in the room. It's done with people who are already here for the convenience of the people who are already here. That's not fishing. Now, what do I mean? Time, like we all got the fishing analogy. How many of you know that Tuesday day is different than Friday night? Tuesday night's different than Friday night, right? Monday at 4 to 6 p.m. is different from Friday from 8 to midnight. If I only go Mondays from 4 to 6 p.m., I'm only going to catch 4 to 6 p.m. people, 4 to 6 p.m. fish. There's a lot of other fish. Not many go out at night. Not many are Saturday morning. Saturday morning people, solid people, salt of the earth people, right? Sunday morning people, who knows? Depends what day. Have we already been this month? Right? What is he talking about? Who's leading worship? Ah, we'll go next week. Right? So then we have to look at the different categories of people to reach them. And the reality is we should look at the different types of people that are in our life that are looking to us. Right? And we have to get outside of our box, outside of our comfort zone and step into theirs. And we know who they are because, because of the relationship that we have, right? And so if you don't have a strategy for catching all different kinds of fish, if we don't have a strategy as a body of believers to catch different types of fish, what fish are we going to catch? Only one type of fish. It's going to be one person who sits in this room, one person who watches online. That's not, that's not how we do it. That's not what we're called to do, right? Some fish live in shallow, some in deep, some in the light. Some fish live in the dark. There's at least one person here online right now for everything that I just said. And, and that represents, that means we are very well represented where we live right now to go and be, right? Now, many of us in here, many of us here online, sorry, have and find ourselves coming from dark places, whether that be regret, remorse, uh, mistakes, etc., it's 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 okay to say, man, I once I once was, and many of us many of us have come from dark places, and the reality is, is you were brought into the light, you were brought into the light, so you can go back and be light in the dark. Why? Because you know people, you know the, you know who they are, you know how they live. You know how they act. You know how they lie. You know how they front, right? Because you used to be one too. You used to live in that place too. Me too, right? God didn't rescue any of us to to sit and do this. This is good for us, right? But it's it's not my place to come and sit and judge, okay? Because he saved me so that I could go and help somebody else find the same thing I found. He saved you so he'd have somebody to go get them. That's the reality. Because you know where they are and you know what they need. And it works, it works the same for people who are in the light. You say, well, I'm, man, listen, I'm a businessman. I ain't never lost my mind. I've never hit rock bottom. I've never been there. It works the same for those in the light. You've been successful. You've chased money and material. But for people who've been rescued from chasing that life, they understand it, right? They've been rescued from that because they were once stuck in it. And the reality is this, if everybody online right now was wearing a suit and tie and we all gathered in a room and one person showed up, 
like I'm dressed, that one person would feel like, oh, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, wrong people, there's the wrong food. I don't eat, you know, <laughs> shrimp cocktail. I don't eat caviar. I don't eat, like, I'm a pig in the blanket guy, so just let me know when the pig in blanket's here, and I'll be back. They wouldn't feel like they, they belong. Why? Is this one person. Multiple people, but the same type of fish, right? And so then, do you see why it's important that, it, that, that the Bible says every tribe and every tongue, that means 32,000 species, that means everyone. It's important, it's important that we fish for every species because the fish out there, wherever you live, represent a humongous demographic, right? A lot of demographics. And so then, in year three, the whole Do For One series has been, man, I'm going to identify three people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write them down. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to invest in them. And I'm going to physically find a place to worship on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. And I'm bringing them with me because I know what I know. He saved me. He changed my life. And I'll do the same for you, right? And so then, here's what the hook is when we're fishing. The hook is the Word of God. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The bait, the bait is what gets them to the hook, right? So then, it doesn't take anything extra. You have to spray anything on the bait. You're the bait. You're the bait, right? You're the light. You're salt. You're light. It's you. So then, I mean, if you know if you fish, you cannot catch, you cannot catch a fish just by dropping a hook in the water. The fish don't bite. They don't bite the hook. Who bites that hook? Let's be honest. The person who bites, the, the fish that bites that hook is that baby perch who's too big for bait, but too small to eat, right? It's a waste of time. And so we don't just throw a hook in the water, right? They bite bait. And if you know anything about this, the realer the bait, the harder the bite. The realer the bait, realer, the harder the bite. The more real that bait is. When it is live bait, the harder the bite. Plastic worm, real worm. What's going to hit harder? Real, well, depends on the fish, right? Real every time. The realer it is, the harder the hit, right? And so I understand then, you understand your job. Our responsibility is conversation. God's responsibility is conversion. Conversion, it's salvation. It's salvation. I am the bait, meaning it's my example that opens the door. It's God's grace that saves. And because I'm willing to be who I am, to be real, to be open, honest, honoring and hospitable to love everyone wherever they are. God can build a bridge from my heart to theirs and walk across it. So on Easter Sunday, they're willing to receive because they've seen my example. It's not me telling them, you have to do this. You got to do this. You should do this. It's me saying, man, my life was a wreck until I found this, until I found this guy, right? And so then here's what I know about fish. It's the big reason that we value honesty here. Real. When I can throw real, I mean, there's, there's a big reason why you cannot fish for, for trout with eggs. It's cheating. It's cheating, right? But you're going to catch fish. Be real. Be real. The real debate, the harder the bite. The faker, the real debate, the more fish you catch. The faker, the fewer you'll catch. What's the point? I'm going to close with this. You can't catch all fish the same way. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going, to get ha- you're going to have to get out of your time frame. You're going to have to get out of your normal habitat, right? You're going, to get ha- out. you're going to have to get out of what you normally do to reach somebody. It's going to be uncomfortable. 
If Jesus calls us to be fishers of men, we have to have a strategy. The strategy for us is the title of the series, Do For One. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. How do you know which one? Ask yourself, who do I know that's close to God or close to me? Who do I know that's close to me but far from God? Write them down. Put their name on paper. The Bible says write it down and make it plain. Write it down make it plain. Pray for them. Invest in them slowly. Don't crowd them out. Don't loom over them. We have two weeks until Easter. You have two weeks. So how do we fish? Dusty, how do I fish then? What's my permission? What are the rules? We all want to know how and rules, right? Here's what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 9. This is 19 to 23. For though I am free from all men, Jesus saved my life. I have made myself a servant to everyone so that I may win more for Christ. A servant to everyone, all species. To the Jews I became a Jew so that I might win Jews for Christ. To men under the law, I became the one under the law, though not being under the law myself, so I might, but, 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 so I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without, outside, without, or outside of the law, I became one without the law, though I am not without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak, I became as the weak, to win the weak, to catch the weak. I became all things to all men so that I may by all means in any and every way save some by leading them to faith in Jesus Christ. And I do all of this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings along with you. This is why I go. This is why I go. This is, this is I'm going to teach you how to be fishers of men. This is the, this is the follow-up to it. It's 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23 if you're taking notes. If we only reach one type of fish, we miss the Great Commission. We miss the Great Commission, which is to go into all the world and make disciples. And so then the call for us to reach those people is really multicultural. It's multi-generational, multi-ethical, multi-everything, right? Ethnical. And so then you can be in the same ethnic group and be multicultural because culture is not limited to race. Everybody thinks when we say multicultural, I mean every color, right? And that's great, but that's not what it means because culture is not limited to race. Culture is your upbringing, it's your ideology, it's your worldview, it's your shared experience, it's your shared values. That's culture. You could have a hundred white people in the room and have a hundred different cultures. The same goes for every other race. So multicultural for us means everyone, everywhere, including race, religion, upbringing, view, values. From the educated to the uneducated, from the rich to the poor, from the homeless to those who drive up here, from those who listen to country music and love George Strait to those who love rap music and listen to 50 Cent, right? From those who are confused about who they are and what, what Jesus has done for them to those who are confirmed in their faith. From the hopeless to the hopeful, from the lost to the found. That's what it means. That's what it means. And so here's your action step. Don't pretend that you don't know how to fish for men. Don't pretend. Remember what Jesus did for you. Relate. If you can't relate to them, relate to yourself because God did something for you at some point, right? God needs you 
to reach the area where you live. And I need you with me. Here we're making room for people. We're believing God's going to do something really special here. I told our team this. My team, our team. I told our team this this week. God's preparing something great. And he's going to use each of you to do it. God's preparing something great. He's going to use each of you to do it. I just get to be the one that lights the match. I just get to be the leader say, let's go. Let's go. Go fishing this week. Go fishing this week. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty, you know. Take Lainey. She's not trying to handle that real worm because it's disgusting. What do you do with that? You get it on your fingers, what do you do? You just wipe it on your pants and keep going. Put those pants in the washer later on. Go fishing. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. Don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. Father, I love you. Thanks so much for pushing us to get out of our comfort zones, to approach the inconvenient a little bit. Lord, I love you. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word, the gospel, the truth, Lord. Thank you that it sets people free, that it helps people move forward in their faith, Lord, that it hits their heart, Lord. I ask that you help these people to receive, Lord, wherever they are, whoever they are, wherever they're watching, however they're listening, Lord, that you would engage with them on a level that, that they can only give you credit for. Father God, help them to sense your presence in their lives as they move forward with this, Lord. Give them the boldness and the confidence to get outside their box, outside their comfort zone, to get a little inconvenient, to do the inconvenient, Lord, so we can see more people come home to you, so your will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love you. Thank you for using me to be a part of what you want to do here on the face of this planet. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here. If you need to make or establish a relationship with Jesus, you can do that by emailing me, dusty at live redefined. Strike that. <laughs> dusty at dustyotis.com. I'd love to walk with you and help you. I'm gonna get you a book, a Bible, get you some resources, make sure we can help you. If you don't know where to go to church on Easter Sunday, man, if you're in Fort Collins, if you're close, if you're in the Denver area, we're about 50 minutes north of Denver, you all the way to Wyoming, from Cheyenne, Wyoming. If you're in that vicinity, come and be part of the Grove with us. Uh, Easter Sunday, that's 9 and 11, uh, right here in Fort Collins. If you don't know where to go to church, let me know where you are. As far as city, you can email me, dusty at dustyotis.com. Let me know your city and uh, where you're at, and I'll find you a church, and I'm going to send it to you. I want you to be a part of something. What God wants to do this Easter is going to be miraculous. I don't want you to miss it. All right? Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for letting me speak in your life. Have a great week. See you. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner where you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.